Lake Red Rock, Iowa's largest lake, is an artificial reservoir with a surface area of 15,520 acres and sits along the Des Moines River, 55 miles southeast of Des Moines, Iowa. But there's another story lying at the bottom of the lake where six ghost towns sit submerged beneath the surface. Come with us now as we explore the ghost towns of Lake Red Rock. Hello and welcome to another Midwest Ghost Town podcast. My name is Dan Klein. I'm your host, your history enthusiast, and your ghost town and abandoned history adventurer. And like we say on this channel, let's keep history alive. And one way we can certainly do that is by talking about it, making this podcast, and of course videos as well. We strive for two uploads a week, one in podcast format and the other in video. This doesn't always happen depending on schedule, of course recording, editing, but there's certainly enough stories and details about ghost towns to keep us busy for a lifetime. We just kicked off a new series, Underwater Ghost Towns of Iowa, and if you haven't had a chance to check out part one, and if you're interested, go check it out. It's an interesting story where I talk a little bit about the ghost town of Queen City, Iowa, a town that was literally forgotten and rediscovered when 200 graves were accidentally uncovered with the digging and creation of Lake Bender, down near Corning, Iowa. A ghost town essentially all or partially beneath the surface of Lake Bender. However, unfortunately not a lot of detail, but we know of its existence through census documents. The entire topic of submerged ghost towns is not a new topic. In fact, as I was gathering research, I learned that underwater ghost towns or submerged ghost towns have actually existed for many many years. And every state in the U.S. can probably account for such stories. In fact, after releasing part one last week, I had a subscriber, and I'll give a shout out now for Backwaters and Back Roads. He has a great channel if you love exploration of lakes and rivers, and he has these adventures with his pet beagle, Wavy, while working on and around his shanty boat. So I think he's got a great channel. Go check that out. Brenton goes on to tell me the story of Kentucky Lake down around Tennessee, in the town of Danville, where according to his story, the top of a mill is still sticking out of the water. So Danville is essentially submerged in Kentucky Lake. Following up on the story, of course, I find some pictures, and with a little research, I find Danville. And the interesting part of this picture is a train bridge that I see in this picture jetting out onto the lake, going nowhere. The other half of the bridge is missing and the tracks on the other side are obviously submerged beneath the lake that was created by the damming of the Tennessee River. This is over by Gilbertsville and it's created what they know as Kentucky Dam. And of course, with that creation of Kentucky Dam, they created Lake Kentucky. This is known as the Danville Bridge and it was used by the Louisville and Nashville as a route to Memphis, or at least they used to. So I thought that was just an interesting story that he had brought up to me. And that just led me to believe that, as I did more research, that there were more stories like this all over the place. However, today, in part two of Underwater Ghost Towns of Iowa, we're going to dive into the story of the ghost towns of Lake Red Rock, down near Pella, Iowa, and about 55 miles southeast of Des Moines, Iowa, the lake itself is Iowa's largest lake. 
And not to pick on my home state, but beyond the naturally made glacier lakes in the far northwest corner, which are known as the Iowa Great Lakes, it's not something that is in large abundance in the state of Iowa. And so you have these lakes that are created along rivers, such as the Des Moines River in this case, to help control flooding. And with this idea, Lake Red Rock is created. And it's completed in 1969 by the United States Army Corps of Engineers. The surface area of this lake is 15,520 acres with a length of 11 miles. So as you can imagine, this is a big lake, taking up a lot of space, a lot of land, and within the boundaries of this man-made lake sit the towns of Colport, Cordova, Dunreath, Fifield, Red Rock, and Rousseau. Colport was originally platted in 1857 as a coal mining town and serving coal for local ships going up and down the Des Moines River. And it became a ghost town after the river changed its course in 1903, leaving it about one mile from water and bringing about the fate of the town. If you know anything about rivers, and in this case I'm going to talk a little bit about the Mississippi River, you know that that river and even the Missouri River and even the Ohio, that through the course of history, rivers will go ahead and they will change not only their direction, where they're at, their course, and sometimes it'll leave things stranded, um, ports that once were existence along the river now, like in this case with Coalport, one mile, two miles away from the river, so it really kind of made it non-existent anymore. This was a ghost town created simply by the Des Moines River just shifting, and Coalport was no longer. Then we have the second ghost town, Cordova. Cordova was platted in 1887 by the railroad and had a depot, a grain elevator, stockyard, a grain office, a garage, a machine warehouse, a bank, two stores, a post office, a coal loading ramp, and a local newspaper called the Cordova News. Local writer Grace Carr had a weekly column. Listen to some of her short articles found in collections of her works, which is better known as the best of Grace Carr's Cordova News. February 6, 1936. Even when it's 14 degrees below zero, Murray Van Humert went swimming in his water tank. He stepped on the rim of the tank with one foot, using the other to break the ice, and splash, he went with both feet. September 27, 1945, she goes on to talk about an episode. A rat-killing record is held by the Wertheisen family and their dog when they killed and dug out and drowned 34 rats in a four-foot square in a few minutes. July 10th, 1952. When chickens and other animals die on your property, it's a law. You should bury them or call a rendering truck, not throw them in the creek, please. And then one of the last articles that I'll mention was one that she was writing, just reminiscing a little bit about the town talking about the creation of Lake Red Rock as they were going to flood the communities. They were prepared. There was a government buyout that was happening. And this is 
her article that she wrote during that time. This happened November 16th, 1965. To go or not to go, with mixed emotions, I attended the dedication of the new mile-long bridge on Highway 14 over the Red Rock Dam area. We watched it go up for two years. It gulped up a part of our farm. It's a massive thing. Chills and thrills run up and down your spine as you look over to the other side. It's all very strange, and our memories get mixed up with Merle's Bluffs and with the Templeton and Core Farm, the rich fields laying waste in the weeds. There was a pheasant that flew up because the great amount of traffic disturbed his living. Grace Carr passed away in 1969, the same year that marked the end and permanent flooding of Cordova, making it an underwater ghost town and part of Lake Red Rock. Today you can find Cordova's site near Cordova Park, which also has the Cordova Tower. The observation deck is 100 feet in the air and is reached by the longest continual set of fiberglass stairs in the world. The tower was completed in 1998 and has won awards for its engineering and its spectacular views of the lake. Dunreath. Dunreath started in 1882 as another coal mining town by the Wabash Railroad Company. At one point, the population was near 400, but the town died out in the 1940s, with the exception of the White Walnut School, which remained open until 1955. Then we go on to our next town, Fifield, which was a white breast settlement. It started in the 1840s and surviving in the 1930s. It had many different businesses in the creamery for butter production, which was all shipped out by the Wabash Railroad. And also home to the White Breast School, which was open from 1851 all the way to 1959. The next ghost town that is submerged beneath the lake is the town of Rousseau. Rousseau was mapped out in 1850 and in 1873 claimed a post office which serviced the community for nearly three decades. Some of the stories about the Rousseau centered on the general store where sugar was weighed out from a barrel and coffee was sold green straight from the bag. Other stories talked about the ferry which crossed the river at Rousseau and how passengers would board the small boat to cross the river to buy goods at the local stores. And of course later, a steel bridge was later built. And last but not least, we come to the ghost town of Red Rock, Iowa. Red Rock was the site of a trading post in 1842 that grew into a small town. But a violent town, Red Rock was known to have more homicides in its early years than other towns. The book History of Marion County had this to say. Red Rock was situated upon a much-traveled Indian trail and was at the border of the United States territory. Hence, it became the resort for the Indians and the lawless white men who infested the frontier. Shooting and stabbing affrays were common but no record of many of these crimes has been preserved. Among the early crimes were the killing of a man by the name of Burns by a ruffian named Shaw. And this leads to another violent connection to Red Rock, Iowa, and the link between the now-submerged ghost town and the Spirit Lake 
Massacre. And this is the story of Henry Lott. Found in the causes and results of Incapaduta Massacre in the Library of Congress, this is what this article had to say. In 1845, there lived at Red Rock in Marion County, Iowa, a somewhat notorious Western character named Henry Lott. He was a small, spare, dark-complected man who claimed to be of New England origin, and his wife was reputed to be the daughter of one of the early governors of Ohio or Pennsylvania. But the family had greatly degenerated from its noble origin, and the freedom of pioneer life was used by it as an occasion for lawless deeds. Lot dealt in horses, but his method of acquiring them was very suspicious. He also pretended to be an Indian trader, but the 265 principal commodity received in exchange for his furs was the poorest grade of whiskey, and in 1846, Mr. Lott left Red Rock at the request of his neighbors. And after a short sojourn at Pease Point, he located upon the Des Moines at the mouth of the Boone River. Here he came in contact with a small band of Sioux, and in December of 1848, they became involved in a serious quarrel. This, of course, led to what is known as the Spirit Lake Massacre and created the Great Sioux Uprising in northern Iowa and southern Minnesota. This is where the existence of a lot of forts began to come into being around the area. So we have Fort Peterson, Fort Defiance up in Esterville, Fort Cherokee, and on and on. It's completely a set of stories for another time and bringing in another expert to the story and history. But this shows the history and the connection of Red Rock, Iowa, and its known history surrounding violence. Red Rock is an interesting story too, being that the lake, of course, is named after it. It lasted until the buyout from the Corps of Engineers. It bought the land in the 1960s. All of the towns beneath the lake Red Rock lasted the longest. You can visit Lake Red Rock today and their visitor center, which is found in Knoxville, Iowa, and more about the ghost towns of Lake Red Rock with one of their brochures. Let's take a deeper dive into all of this because it's really quite interesting when we look at this. The dam was supposed to take three years to fill. So they built that dam up and they were slowly beginning the process of filling that lake but it was filled instead in five days to max capacity. And what was happening at that time in 1969, there was a lot of rainfall was happening. There was flooding. And of course, the creation of this lake really helped prevent a lot of flooding that was going to happen. But it just sped up the entire process, something that they were expecting to take a lot longer to happen. One day there was no lake. Five days later, Lake Red Rock was in existence. There were some stories over dramatized telling of how they flooded the lake and there were still homes and they were building and they were building standing. These are some things that I read. And from other sources, this just wasn't true. There was a government buyout, like I mentioned earlier, of all the property. Some of the towns were already completely abandoned and completely ghost towns, population zero. And they were in total disrepair. And there wasn't a need to really worry about evacuating people with some of those towns. Now, 
we know in the case of Red Rock and some of the other ones, that wasn't true. And so there was the evacuation process. This did not happen in the course of a few days. We are talking years. So the buyout process was happening, people were moving, and they were completely fading away the town. There were other reports that I read that when the water finally submerged the towns, that you could see the outlines of the streets and the tips of buildings poking out from the surface. And again, I'm just gonna reiterate that just this wasn't true. And the buildings were actually torn down. The foundations could still be seen so obviously the buildings themselves were down, the foundations you know, were present, and they were present, but that's about it. As the six towns faded into history under the lake. Today, the only thing that reminds us of the towns buried beneath the surface of the lake are these cemeteries. The Dunreath Cemetery and the Red Rock Cemetery. They were not flooded when the Des Moines River was dammed, Red Rock in particularly sat on a hill above the lake on higher ground. There were stories of graves being moved and then stories refuting that. And the fact is whether they were moved or whether the cemetery always sat outside the flooded area, one point remains the same. The cemeteries were safe. And any time, of course, that you talk about history, there is almost always a different take or perspective. And my friend Dave is from the Facebook group, The 29th State. And if you haven't checked that out, I encourage you to go check that out. You can find him, his Facebook group there, The 29th State. Of course, the number is spelled out with the two nine, The 29th State. And Dave had this to say while talking with me. We were talking about the ghost towns at the bottom of the lake. And he said, you know, actually, there are officially... Six underneath the lake, I believe. But if we count two of them that were never platted, there's actually eight. Plus one that is very close to the lake, but technically not underneath it. So that was an interesting take that he was bringing up more than just the six, that he was talking about the nine. He said, okay, we have Red Rock, Dunreath, Cordova, Fifield, Rousseau, Colport as the six that are... Uh, officially under the lake but there's also percy and oradell and those are of course two that were not platted and then of course you have amsterdam which is a ghost town but not a submerged one so adding percy and oradell and amsterdam to that mix you go from six to now you have nine ghost towns to really contend around the lake. And I felt that was a really interesting point that he brought up. Underwater ghost towns in Iowa. We touched on Queen City last week and dove headfirst into the waters of the lost six cities of Lake Red Rock in this episode. There are more stories and windows to our past. Flooding was something that happened quite regularly in Midwest rivers, especially with the tributaries of the Missouri and the Mississippi whether it be a story of steamboats navigating the river or the story of flood control and levees by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, one thing remains true. The past gives us clues and hints to mold together the stories of yesterday so we can remember and tell the stories today. Let's keep discussing history and let's keep history alive. <laughs>
This has been the recording of Part 2, Underwater Ghost Towns of Iowa. This is Midwest Ghost Town. <laughs>